0: This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act, so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich.
1: Hi, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Today is a special episode of the show. No guests, no interviews. I simply want to share a little bit of a story about my friend Chris Hobler. Chris Hobler is the guy whose music you hear at the very beginning of every episode, that guitar lick that you hear at the beginning of the episode, and also at the very end of the episode. That's Chris singing his song, Outside My Window. His band, Sonic Joyride, the album was called Behemoth. Chris passed away from ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, in 2005. At the time, his band was on the charts, beginning to get airplay on the radio, uh, beginning to break through. But a few years before that, Chris called me. We used to speak often. He lived up in New Hampshire, and Chris called me and said he... Uh, had put some put a pause on recording his latest album because he was having a little bit of trouble in the studio he was getting a little tongue tied he was having trouble getting the words out and the thing with ALS is that there's no easy way to test for it or to diagnose it it's sort of a diagnosis of exclusion they they try to check whether it might be something else some other problem and as they go down the list of possible explanations for the symptoms and they cross things off the list they ultimately reach the conclusion as they did with chris that it was als and before they had reached that conclusion with chris he was fearful he was worried that it might be ALS because he had some family history. His grandfather had died of ALS. And I will never ever forget the moment that Chris called me excited, happy because he had had a brain scan and they had spotted a, they had seen a spot on his brain. It might've just been a shadow from the scan, but he was hopeful that maybe it was a brain tumor, an operable brain tumor. And it was at that point that I realized how serious and how horrible this situation was for Chris. Here is a guy who was hoping that he had a brain tumor because he knew the alternative. He knew that if it was ALS, that was a death sentence, because at the time there were no treatments and no cures for ALS. And really, that's still the case today. So when when I got to the point where I wanted to create this podcast, and part of the routine for creating a podcast is to have some intro music and, and some music at the end, some outro music, it was an obvious choice for me to choose music that Chris had created. Because Chris has been an inspiration for me uh, ever since I knew him. We went to high school together. Uh, we, we started uh, school together when we were 12, 13 years old. And uh, we remained friends for more than 25 years before he passed away. And uh, after he passed away, I delivered a eulogy at his funeral. And I want to share that with you because really, in many ways, I still consider it the greatest piece of writing I ever did, um, the greatest story I ever told. And uh, it's inspirational. It's inspirational for me. And Chris's story, I hope, is inspirational for you. So I wanted to put all this in context. I wanted people to understand where this music came from, why I chose it. And now I'd like to share with you what I said about Chris soon after he passed away. So here it is, the eulogy for Christopher Wells Hobler that I delivered at his funeral in 2005. We define some by their talents, by their feats on the playing field or the notes they play chris hobler was a talented man he was a collegiate baseball player who could snap off curveballs balls that buckled batter's knees he was a golf buddy who could knock the cover off the ball 90 to 100 times around he was a playmate who could sled down a snowy hill with kamikaze abandon. he could hop and gyrate around a living room during a game of charades he could tell a story or argue a, a point with arm-waving enthusiasm, he could belly laugh with the best of them. And of course, he was an artist who could rip through a high-tempo guitar solo with boundless energy and dexterity or sing a sweet ballad with grace and beauty. ALS took all of that from Chris. It took his singing voice, it took his pitching arm, and it took the fingers with which he picked his guitar. But try as it might, ALS never took Chris Hobler's kindness. ALS never took his courage. ALS never took his determination. ALS never took his faith or his hope or his soul. Those things that ALS did not take, those things about Chris that matter most, those are the things that define Chris and those are the things I want to discuss today. Chris Hobler was the nicest person I've ever known. I've felt that way for more than 25 years since the first year I met him. He was the nicest 13-year-old I knew, the nicest high school dude I knew, the nicest college guy I knew, the nicest adult I knew, and God knows he was the nicest son, brother, husband, and father. Even when he could no longer walk or talk, he could spread joy and kindness with his eyes. That's what Chris did. He spread joy and kindness wherever he went. But it wasn't only what he did that made Chris so extraordinary, it was also what he did not do. Chris Hodler was never cruel. I mean, never. Think about it, all of you who knew him, you can't recall a single cruel thing he ever did. Not one. How unjust that this cruel disease, the cruelest disease struck down this man. But Chris never wallowed in the injustice of it. He didn't complain, he didn't cower, he did not hide. He fought vigorously and courageously. Chris made so many courageous choices throughout his life. Fighting ALS was the most important, but it was just one of many. He was a boy with diplomas from John Burroughs School and Bates College who could have gotten a law or a business or a medical degree and taken a high paying job, done the so called respectable thing. Instead, he grew his hair, donned ripped jeans and tie dyed t-shirts, picked up a guitar and played rock and roll on top of a converted school bus. This wasn't fun and games, it was hard work and it took enormous courage for him to choose this path. In one of his songs called Psychedelic Cowboy, Chris says, I long to be the psychedelic cowboy of your dreams and lasso all the people who can't fathom what it means to be a sideshow freak and be so proud of what you did Ever since you were a little psychedelic cowboy kid. According to the standards of polite society, he was a sideshow freak, and he knew it. Few people are courageous enough to choose the path of the freak, and fewer still are strong enough to be proud of that choice. It's so much easier to choose the path that others can fathom, the path that people expect the path of least resistance. Chris never chose a path simply to comply. Chris chose the paths that were right for him. And once Chris chose a path, he was determined to reach the summit. Chris was never literally on the track team, but he was figuratively the best high hurdler on earth. He never let a hurdle stand in his way. When faced with a music industry that rarely records genre bending bands, he started his own record label and distribution company. When faced with radio reps who were reluctant to push his independent releases to their stations, Chris picked up the phone and promoted the albums himself. When faced with club owners who wouldn't put his band on stage, Chris built a stage on top of a converted school bus and rolled into big cities, small towns, and college campuses across America. Chris faced one hurdle after another, but rather than bow before the hurdles, he cleared one after another. ALS changed the path Chris was on, but it didn't change Chris. When faced with doctors who told him there is no treatment, there is no cure, there is no hope, Chris said nonsense. Then he immediately launched innovative efforts to find treatments and a cure and to spread hope. When Chris discovered that the tax code hinders efforts to raise money for research, he drafted legislation that would change this, and he found legislators who would sponsor the legislation. When Chris discovered that charitable foundations don't cooperate with one another as much as they should, Chris established a first-of-its-kind consortium so foundations would share strategies, information, resources, and research results. And he did all of this while losing his ability to speak, walk, and type. Over the last year, Chris used a small transmitter, a round sticker the size of a pencil eraser above his nose to control the mouse on his laptop. He was able to move his head ever so slightly to control the mouse. It was laborious. It took him many minutes to write a paragraph or to perform other tasks that take us seconds. But he pushed on. He designed the foundation's website, worked with researchers, corresponded with journalists, appealed to donors and helped to organize events. On top of this, he produced video and audio messages for his family, wrote a lengthy toast for his brother-in-law's wedding, shopped online for gifts for his kids, and generally remained an active, loving family man. It was awesome. That word awesome, it's overused. It's a cliche, but in this case, it fits. What Chris did over the last several years, and especially over the last 12 months, was truly awesome. I stand here in awe of Chris and his courage and determination. The courage and determination that drove Chris was born from faith. Chris dreamt big dreams. He believed that dreams come true. What Chris knew, what he taught so many of us is this. It's easy to have big dreams, but big dreams don't come true unless you chase them. Big dreams don't come true unless you have faith that the chase will be successful. Big dreams and faith drove his music career. Big dreams and faith drove his battle with ALS. Those without faith suggest that a genre bending band on an independent label had little chance of making it out of New Hampshire onto the record charts. Chris believed otherwise sonic joyride made it to the charts and was climbing higher when chris fell ill those without faith say there is no treatment there is no cure there is no hope for people with als chris believed otherwise and he put the wheels in motion to prove it als hope now hope happens has put nearly three million dollars toward promising research and the foundation has established a partnership with Washington University that will lead to treatments and a cure for ALS and other neurological disorders. We will see the day when there are treatments. We will see the the day when there is a cure. We will see the day when there is hope for people with ALS. And on that day, we will thank Chris for his kindness his courage, his determination, and his faith. Chris will be with us on that day, every day until then, and every day beyond. Some people die and they're gone. Chris has died, but he remains. He's an angel on my shoulder who whispers in my ear and reminds me what it means to be kind and selfless. He's a singer on my stereo who tells me about love and miracles and childhood dreams and psychedelic cowboys. He's a dreamer whose dream lives on. He's an intelligent, funny, joyful, kind, determined, courageous, faithful man who touched us all and who will continue to touch us as long as we live so there you have it the eulogy for chris hobler that i delivered back in 2005. again that song that begins the podcast episodes the guitar lick and then ends with his lyrics is called outside my window and the lyrics that you hear at the very end reflect that that faith that belief that you can make things happen, that you don't have to depend on others and and that you have the power and you have the ability to make things happen. And I thought that it was a great message to include at the end of the podcast. So I'd like to share with you those lyrics that you hear at the very end of every episode of the Story Power Marketing Show goes like this, sometimes I find outside my window the very things I need, everything I need. Sometimes I find underneath my pillow the very things I need, everything I need. That's the kind of message that Chris still whispers in my ear uh, when he's standing on my shoulder. I mentioned also in the eulogy, Hope Happens. That's the foundation that Chris and his family established very soon after he fell ill. And Hope Happens continues to help fund innovative treatments and ultimately cures for ALS and other neurological disorders. I encourage you to check out Hope Happens org and perhaps support the foundation there will be a day when we have treatments and cures and we will thank chris on that day so thanks for listening and i hope now when you hear the podcast and hear that guitar lick hear those lyrics at the end it means a little bit more to you thanks very much see you next time on the Story Power Marketing Show.
0: Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruwich. If you liked what you heard today, visit StoryPowerMarketing.com/resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails. Download free business-building resources and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.